everyone. You're listening to the 107 podcast where we get together every fortnight and sometimes more often to talk about technology, business and the humans in it. I am your host Ivan Stegich. In this episode of the podcast, Eva Lavisa Nelson, our resident designer at 107 and a certified regenerative detoxification specialist. She's our go-to web designer and all-around nice person to work with. She's also a fruitarian, which will be the focus of our time together. Eva, it's my great pleasure to welcome you back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be You're here. Wel- <laughs> You're welcome. I saw that you were a fruitarian, and I didn't know anything about it, don't know anything about it, so I thought that might be a nice thing to talk about. Yeah, it's... A lot of people don't know. I didn't know that long ago. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty new to me too. <laughs> well, let's, let's start with your origins. So you're from Minnesota, right? Yes. I grew up on a farm in um, rural Minnesota. So I, you know, grew up around doing chores, driving tractor, um, all that stuff. Very different than my life now here in Minneapolis. Um, so yeah, that's where what I come par- from. <laughs> what part of Minnesota? Where was the farm? It's a tiny little town called Murdoch. It's not even on most maps. So usually when people ask, I'll say, oh, do you know where Wilmer is? And they're, they're more likely to know where Wilmer or Benson or Alexandria is. So it's, it's west of, of the metro here. Do you visit often? Oh, not too often. No, it's, it's, it's about two and a half hours away. Yeah. And you went to the school at the U of M? Yes, I went to the Morris um, location of the U of M, and so out in that direction as well. And I studied um, studio art and art history. Yeah, which and that was led me to under- this, yeah, to this career as being a designer. And I think you weren't just at the U of M, right? Didn't you spend some time at Brinko? Oh yes. I was at Brainco, um, which is a a portfolio school here in in the Twin Cities. I think it's, I don't even know if it's in the same location. When I went, it was in um, Hopkins, Minnesota, but Mm. I'm not sure if it's still there or not. Um, But yeah, I did did a couple years there, I think. And then I got a job at Pixel Farm, which is an agency here in town. Um, But I guess first I was working with, um, prior to that, I was doing a junior design um, position, working with an amazing local designer named Amy Kirkpatrick, and that's how I got introduced to Yvonne, and then I got my agency job, and um, yeah, and I was there, and then I also worked at Zeus Jones for a year, and then I went freelance, and I've been partnering with wonderful people like 107 ever since, and it's just been really great. That's right. We met uh, through Amy Kirkpatrick, yes. through Kirkpatrick Design while you were working there. Um, and I knew Amy from the local Twin Cities Creatives Group, and uh, we did some work together as well. Um, that was quite fortunate. And then I didn't, I don't think we interacted for I think it was, a, yeah, it was a long time where we were both doing our own thing. And then um, a, another mutual friend was like, 107's looking for some design help. And I was like, that name is so familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really fun, like full circle kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that worked out really well. And I think you had just started your freelance business around the time. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So now you're a successful entrepreneur, right? Yes. Oh, it's been so fun. I never expected this, but it's been amazing. <laughs> I, I love your belief that uh, being a successful entrepreneur 
means that you have to remember that we're all human. You have to be human. Um, I read that on your website and I, I loved the way that sounds. It's, uh, it rings true to, I think, how I uh, try to run 10.7 and what I think about, um, you know, the business that we're in. And I, I noticed that you like Simon Sinek as much as I do. So I wanted to ask, how has Simon influenced you, you in your life and in your business? Oh my goodness. I was first um, introduced to Simon Sinek and his approach when I worked at Pixel Farm. Um, my uh, chief creative officer, Quan Huang, at the time, he was a huge influence on me, great mentor, and he really, really was a big Simon Sinek fan. So when I started there as an intern, that was like one of the first things that they were like, this is how we're going to do things. And so I was like, this makes so much sense you know, focusing on the why first and, and that emotional piece that what motivates people um, instead of just saying, I do this, what do you think? Do you want to buy it? You know, yeah. the other way around is so much more powerful. And so I, I try to carry that on when I work with small businesses and my own clients, just, you know, this is, let's flip this and see how much more impact it can have. Yeah. And the why statement and the whole golden circle is so um, important to the way we interact with each other in society. Um, it's nice to see another business that has that approach. Yes. And that's such a good visual. It's really easy for people to understand that. Yeah. That circle, you know, it's really neat. Yeah. Do you have your circle published online somewhere? Do you, do you find yourself referring to it very often? Oh, you know, I really should. I am redoing my website right now. So that's a wonderful idea. I will do that. I will do that so I can have <laughs> Anytime. it. Anytime. We'll see that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, um, but that's a really good, good idea. In your signature, when you send emails, I saw that it says certified regenerative detoxification specialist, CRDS. I don't know if that's the actual acronym. Yes. I'm sure it means something. What? Tell me about that. That, this stuff's changed my life, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm busy enough with my design business. I don't need to be doing this, but um, <laughs> as soon as I learned this, I was like, I have to. I, I really have to be doing this. It's that important. So, um, yes, I know that's a mouthful, and uh, it's, it's, uh, most people don't know what it is, and, um, but it has to do with fruitarianism. So, oh, it does. Further into this, I was like, oh my goodness, what's, what's possible? And um, so I, I went back to school this winter and I got certified. I did a um, at-home distance learning. It was, it was, um, I had textbooks to read and I had to submit a, it was a test like this thick. I had to send in the mail. I took pictures and scanned every page in case it got lost. And then I'll be going back again for more teach for more schooling in October I'm going to be flying down to the school for just a week intensive and then I'll do another exam after that so that's in October and you said that was uh, in the south in the south oh yes it's in Florida in yes. Florida okay. yes I'll just be gone a week so don't worry I won't be like <laughs> unavailable yeah and so when you have this um, certification what does that mean it means I get to help people with their health and not only just people is people of all ages and then it's also dogs and cats i do have some experience with um, horses but i want to get a little bit more training before i start making custom herbal blends for horses so for right now i'm i'm certified to work with humans and dogs and cats 
Yeah. And you said fruitarianism is, uh, is it the basis of this or is it related? Tell me how those two oh, connect yes. together. So the base, the, the approach we always use in regenerative detoxification is two parts. Um, the first part is a species appropriate diet. So it, it varies depending, you know, you would work with a cat different than a dog, different than a human. So you use a species specific diet first. And then the second part is herbal support. So we always target the kidneys, endocrine glands, lymphatic system, and GI tract, and then any other organs that are showing weaknesses, we support with herbs that way. And it's amazing what's possible. I mean, no one believes me. You know, it's just, it's funny, but um, I've seen things firsthand with myself and my, and my own pets. So after seeing that, I was like, I want to get certified. I want to help others. And now I get to do that. And my, that's kind of my little night weekend gig. <laughs> so did you become a specialist first and through that specialty you were introduced to fruitarianism or did you start oh, with fruitarianism first? Yeah, I started experimenting with fruit, a high fruit diet about five years ago. Um, and I was eating one to two fruit meals a day and getting results, like feeling a lot better. I was diagnosed um, with fourth stage kidney failure and I had like every food intolerance you can imagine practically. So I was in bad shape and all those went away. My food intolerances went away within a month of doing um, a raw food experiments of, and I, I didn't even know what I was doing, honestly. So I was eating fruits, I was eating vegetables, I was eating nuts and seeds. As long as it was raw, I ate it. And just after that, I, I went and got tested again. I started eating things I hadn't eaten in a decade. I hadn't had gluten in a decade. I, I ate so much bread after that. I was so excited. <laughs> um, and then my fourth stage renal failure, I got it down to stage one in about two months. I don't know if it happened faster than that. That's just when I went back to get reassessed again. And they were all like, what are you doing? You know, and I said, I'm eating lots of fruit. And they just looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, there's something to this. So I haven't gotten back to get tested again. That was about, you know, four or five years ago, but I still have some symptoms. So I'm, I'm sure that I still have some kind of stage um, one renal failure still, but it's the symptoms have drastically decreased and I'm confident they'll go away completely if I just keep continuing on. Is, is being a fruitarian, uh, exactly what the word says? Does that mean you eat only fruit or is it, is it, and is it just a diet? Oh, good question. Yes. Um, now, there are different people that might disagree with me. Uh, I don't want to be the sole representation of fruitarianism. Um, my understanding and my interpretation of it is that you can eat fruits, vegetables, and nuts and seeds, and these are in their raw form. Um, so that's, that's kind of a baseline. Um, if somebody's a fruitarian, usually that is what they'll do. There are some people that are like, no nuts and seeds, just fruits and vegetables. And, and then there are people that say, we're fine with just fruit. So as a detoxification specialist, we use fruit, mostly fruit for healing. Um, vegetables are a little bit harder to digest and process so they can slow down the body's healing capabilities just because more energy is being diverted to digestion instead of healing. It's not that the vegetables are bad. It's just they kind of put the brakes on things a little bit. And then nuts and seeds even more so. So usually we cut those out and if somebody wants some fats, they can have avocado or coconut is, a, is another way to use, get different flavors in there. Because sometimes it's hard for people to transition. It was for me too, but now it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Does that mean that it's a raw diet? So you don't actually eat anything that's cooked? Yes, it is. It is a raw diet. And there are variations within that as well. And I'll be the first to admit I'm not perfect in this in this realm. For instance, I, I consume maple syrup. If I'm making homemade lemonade, I put maple syrup in it. And that is a very cooked food. And so I, I like to say I'm like 98% raw. And that's <laughs> that's pretty common. And there are people that are are more dogmatic about it and be like, oh my gosh, no, I won't even use smoked paprika. You know, like they just won't use anything like that. But I'm, I do that, you know, so I'm not perfect about it, but I, it's just, it's just what you feel comfortable with at the time. That's where I'm at. Maybe I'll change later, but yeah. And the, I've read also that some fruitarians will only eat fruits that naturally fall from trees. For example, they won't, they won't participate in anything that's been harvested um, or so. And I think that has, I, I'm not sure, but I think that has to do with affecting the natural state of the universe, but I don't know. Do you know oh about that? Goodness. I've heard that just from a movie, like a quote from <laughs> Notting Hill, um, but I've never actually encountered anybody in real life who has that philosophy, but, but I'm sure it, it probably exists. I mean, they probably got it from somewhere. That's not a strong theme in, in the community that I'm in anyway. Yeah, that'd be hard, I think. I think it would be hard. I think it would yeah. be very hard. Well, it sounds like you've had a number of positive effects in your life by changing to this way of eating, this way of trying to heal yourself. How has it affected your immediate family, those around you? Oh, gosh, has, yeah. Or has it affected them? My husband was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but he's been very, very supportive. And, you know, even when I was figuring out how to store all this fruit in our house, because I got to have fruit around all the time. He was very okay. You know, I got, I got boxes behind me. I just, I just picked up a bunch of fruit from the dock this morning. So um, I just got all this stuff laying around. But it's, it's really important to have fruit on hand, you know. My husband is eating more fruit now, which is really great. It's really, the only thing that's um, different, I think, for family and friends is that when we get asked to go out to, to dinner, I will bring a salad dressing that I make at home, and I might bring some, like, cut-up vegetables, and then I'll just ask for a really large plate of lettuce, and I'll mix it all up, and so I'll have my raw salad just the way I like it. And yeah, it's, it's really fine. I, I don't feel, um, some people will look at me and be like, are you sure you're okay with eating that? Like, is that going to be enough for you? And I'm like, I brought this, this is great. You know? So I just do me and it's, it's totally fine. I don't mind. Yeah. Do you, do you end up eating more during the day in fewer amounts? I eat a lot. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. I, I, eat out of mixing bowls. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of volume um, when you eat fruit and vegetables all day because, you know, they're just such low calories. So the amounts can be kind of shocking for people initially, but it's like, yeah, that's how much I got to eat. And that's actually one of the pitfalls I find with people who are starting this. They, they might not eat enough because they're just not used to eating that much. So I eat normal meals. Um, you know, I work from home here, so I'll, I'll have, you know, like this morning I had a melon, a cantaloupe for breakfast. And then yes, like I had orange juice, a bunch of orange juice for lunch and tonight I'm going to have bananas. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, yeah, it's easy. 
My end, my understanding is that fruit is very high in sugar as well. So would one of the risks be of eating so much fruit every day that your sugar intake actually goes up as opposed to down? Yes, yes. And, and that's a really common question and concern for a lot of people, especially those who have had blood sugar issues. A lot of my mm-hmm. clients that come with detox, you know, questions, they might have blood sugar issues. They might be categorized as a type two or a type one diabetic. And they're concerned about this. They've been told their whole life that watch out for that fructose, you know? Um, And it's, it's really not a problem. And it's, it's interesting. I have um, uh, one person in my family in particular who has um, blood sugar issues and she, her doctor was just so confused why she was eating so much fruit. And she's like, Oh, I'm working with this person and her blood sugar insulin needs are going down. And, you know, it's just like, it it works. And that's, that's another thing. Um, My horse um, basically had the equine version of type two diabetes. And that remedied itself in about a week. And she had that for most of her life. So once that happened, I was like, holy cow, (laughs) this is amazing. And we gave her lots of fruit and lots of grass, of course. So she had lots of sugars in there too. It's really interesting about fruit. It doesn't require insulin to enter the cell wall. So it's um, like, I have a friend who she's been, she's actually the one who turned me on to all this. She's a, a type one and she only needs insulin when she eats vegetables. Otherwise she can go long spans of time just eating fruit and not having to use insulin. It saved her a ton of money. <laughs> I think the longest she went was 11 months. I mean, that's huge. So wow, that is huge. Yeah. I want to back up and, and say that you'd notice you said you had a horse. What's your horse's name? Oh, yes. My horse is Lady. She is, she's been Lady. with me a long time. She's 19 years old. Whoa. Uh, I know. And it's fascinating because horses typically live, I mean, you're about 20 years old, 25 years old is pretty old for a horse. And um, before I detoxed her, she looked like she was going to kick the bucket any day. She wasn't doing well at all. Um, so, and now she looks half her age and I wouldn't be surprised if she lives to be in her upper thirties. So it's, it's, it's been amazing. (laughs) Now a horse doesn't eat processed food from McDonald's, right? Or, um, from Walmart or wherever you buy processed foods. It generally has probably a fairly, um, balanced diet. Now that you've, um, detoxed her, what did you take out of her diet that helped her? That's an excellent question. And I, you know, I knew how to feed myself, but I, I had to find somebody who was doing this with horses because I was like, I really don't know what to believe. There's, there are many different opinions out there. That's the exciting thing about working with animals too. You nailed it. Their diet and lifestyle is much more natural than ours. So they turn around very quickly. And so my horse, she was previously eating grass and she was eating um, grains. We gave her grain every day. And even if it wasn't like a processed thing with, with lots of molasses and mixtures of stuff, it was just oats, you know, that's it. And we gave her carrots and apples and stuff. And, and she got very sick when she was two years old. And so it was a long time ago. And so we just kept on trying to keep her comfortable. The vet never told us to alter her diet. And then she got diagnosed later. We were trying to figure out why can't she walk some days? Why are her feet getting deformed? Why is she, you know, looking so bad? And uh, it was really rough. And so somebody said, maybe she's insulin resistant. Maybe you should try, um, cutting out all the sugar from her diet. So we did that and she, she started feeling a little bit better and we're like, Oh wow, well maybe we're onto something. And then she got really worse. So it was like this short term 
and then not so good. So I found a detox specialist that works with horses that went to the same school that I attend now. And she told me horses should only eat things that grow above the ground. So no carrots, no beets, and that's beet pulp and carrots. I mean, that's, that's a huge part of today's horse industry diets. And so really? that was fascinating to me. But when you think about it, if they did eat carrots, they'd eat the tops of it. You know, they wouldn't pull it out of the ground. Or yeah. So um, I, I took that to note. And then anything that falls off a tree is fair game. So nuts and seeds and, um, and also fruits. So I started just feeding her tons of that and tons of grass. You know, they told me, don't feed her any grass. And she's been amazing ever since. Her feet were completely deformed um, for, oh gosh, 17 years. And I was told that would never change. She has perfect, textbook perfect feet now. And so it's, it's just amazing. My farrier did a phenomenal job of helping us. Yeah. Now your horse doesn't live in South Minneapolis with you in your Unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. I'd love to have her in the backyard. That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, she's down in Rosemont right now at a farm that's been so wonderful to us. I really wanted to find a place that was naturally um, focused and they don't use a lot of chemicals there. They don't require us to use a lot of um, products on the horses for fly control or, or parasite control. I use all herbs on her and they've been very, very just accommodating and, and I, I can't, I'm so happy there and she's doing really well adjusting to that new environment. And how often do you get a chance to see her? Oh gosh, a few times a week. I tried it for a while. I was able to make it out there every day. And um, now that I'm done detoxing her, it's not as big a deal for me to be out there every day giving her herbs, but I still try to make it out there two or three times a week if I can. Yeah. Do you bring your cat? I don't, there are cats there. There are barn cats there. Um, my cat is terrified of the horse. We did try introducing them once and my horse loves cats. So it was kind of disappointing. Like she really wanted to say hello to our cat and our cat was just like, get me out of here. <laughs> Does your cat also depend on a fruitarian diet? Oh, he has a species appropriate diet. So my, <laughs> my cat is similar to me in that he also had kidney problems. And oh. so, and I think we even talked, I think I was working with you guys one time and, and my cat was in the hospital for a long time. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember Yes, that. this was before I knew about what was going on. And so then I got a cat specialist and I started working with him. He, yeah, he's doing great now. So he eats a raw meat diet. So most of his diet is raw chicken which is surprisingly inexpensive, you know, even if you get organic, um, it's, it's a lot cheaper than buying canned cat food or prescription cat food. Prescri oh, there's prescription. Yes, cat food. that's what they wanted us to use. And we were like, oh my gosh, this is so expensive. And when I found out about this, I said, let's just give them chicken. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> so we just go to the grocery store now. We don't even have to go to the pet store. It's, it's, it's really convenient. That is convenient. Yeah. Um, and is there anything you miss about not being a fruitarian? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, there are little odd things. Um, and it's a funny complaint, but like when you're a fruitarian and you're eating raw food, you can be full, but you don't have that like tired, weighty feeling. So in the evenings, sometimes I crave that like feeling heavier, if that makes sense. It's a weird thing to, but once you do it, you kind of get, get used it. to that. But um, it's, it's really a nice thing where I can eat a big meal of fruit and then I could, I could go ride bike or go for a run or something right after. I don't really have to wait. Um, but sometimes I miss that kind of, that feeling of being full and in a different way. 
Um, but otherwise, you can make just about anything. Um, I made raw pizzas the other week. Um, yeah. <laughs> How do you make a raw pizza? Yeah, there's a couple different ways. Um, I actually have only done it one way because I'm lazy. So <laughs> there's another way where you can you can make a crust and dehydrate it for an entire day, and then you make toppings and dehydrate it for another day. So it takes two days to make a pizza. I'm like, I don't have time for that. So what I do is I take an hour. And so I um, will buy some of those big portobello mushroom caps, and I'll hollow out the inside and you can even save that chop it up and use that as topping and then um you can put it in your dehydrator and for a little bit and then you make your toppings and whatever you can make pizza sauce and chop up veggies it's surprisingly good to put zucchini slices in these it's i don't know what it is but it's something about dehydrating zucchinis it it tastes really good it's very strange <laughs> And then, um, yeah, that's your crust and you top it up and you can make a cheese out of like cashews and yeah, it's, it's really good. And it's just, it's just warm. It's not like super hot, you know, cause it's only been in the dehydrator for about, um, an, an hour, but I really like doing that when I get a pizza craving. <laughs> so it doesn't sound like apple pie is allowed. Oh yeah, you can you can make things like that. So there's pies, tarts, crumbles, crisps, and all you do for um, the bread part or the crust or um, is usually a combination of dates and then crumbled up nuts. You can also use dried apples to cut down on the nuts if you don't want it to be so high in fat. Um, and, and another good bread substitute is dehydrated bananas. It's a very chewy kind of, it's, it's surprisingly good. Like I'll make cinnamon rolls and pancakes and waffles out of dehydrated bananas. Um, but yeah, you can do all those things. It sounds like it's, um, it sounds like you have to be more cognizant and careful about um, how you prepare your meals, how you think about it. And it's maybe harder to do at first. And maybe as you get used to it, it's easier. Yes, exactly. The learning curve at the beginning, because it's, it's very different than how we're used to living, right? You know, like just pick up, like even just thinking that, oh, all juice is raw, right? No, it's not. It's some of it's pasteurized. So you got to read all that stuff. Um, but it's, it's so simple now. I mean, I don't have to scrub pans. I don't have to like, I have fewer dishes. I mean, like, this morning, I cut a cantaloupe in half and stuck a spoon in it. I mean, good to go. It's, it's easy. <laughs> it's fast. And I just, I feel so good. And, and there was a time in the beginning where I was like, gosh, this is so hard. I don't know if I'm going to like this. But now I love those things. Sometimes you just got to give things a little bit of time. To, yeah. Yeah. It must be hard to eat out to a restaurant. Your husband and you, if you go out with friends, um, you're not going to go to Martina and oh, have... Yeah. Yeah, that might be a little tough. Yeah, like I said, it's easier to do salads if you're going to do that. I mean, I mean, uh, a lot of people will just say, um, you know, I, I haven't been very bold about this. I've been bringing my own dressings just in case because I'm like, I don't want to be stuck if they don't have anything for me. But a lot of people will say, you know, I have this special um, diet that I'm following. Could you help me with this? Um, I'm looking for a big plate of greens and then any fruits that you have, um, fruits and vegetables, and then maybe you could give me a, a half a, a, a lemon or a half of an avocado that I can mm -hmm. mash up on there for dressing. And, and so that's kind of, usually they have something like that. Um, but I've just been bringing my own stuff, especially if I go, if we're going somewhere, like if we're going to um, like an Asian restaurant with, with my family and my friends, then I'll also bring an Asian inspired dressing with me. So I can still kind of be part of the group that way. 
I was glad to see you bring something when we were um, meeting a few weeks ago in our in-person. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's always, I mean, I'm just, just that's that's what I normally eat is just a bunch of fruit for lunch. That's that's what I do. <laughs> you said you have a whole lot of boxes to store all the fruit you have. Um, mm -hmm. How do you keep it all fresh? Oh, yes, that's another learning curve thing to um kind of monitor your fruit and know where to store it, you know, what needs to be refrigerated, what needs to be out on the counter. Um, like I just picked up um, four boxes of fruit this morning from a lovely place in St. Paul that sells fruit in bulk and it's all organic. And so the first step that you do is you bring it at home and you go through it all. You open everything up because just like they said, one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. So you got to go through it all. So um, I, was, I was going through all my plums this morning, making sure, okay, are they okay? And then I, I put half of them in the fridge, and then I got some sitting on, out just on the counter, and I'll monitor those. And I haven't even tried them yet. There's a new kind of, of plum called Honey Punch. So I, they're supposed to be really sweet. So, yeah. Is that your favorite fruit? Do you have a favorite fruit? Oh, gosh. I don't know if I have a favorite. There's so many good ones. I, I love mangoes. I always have dates on hand. Um, oh my gosh, if you ever had jackfruit, it's amazing. It tastes just like bubble gum. So there's just so many good ones. Yeah, yeah, I, I love so many of them. And pineapple is a great one too. <laughs> if you go to, do you ever go to Jamba Juice? Is that a place where you can have a smoothie? Oh, yeah, I, you know, I haven't been for a long time, but I suppose you could. I bet you could. I mean, I'm pretty sure that you could do that. I I go to Chipotle every now and then and get a salad there. So that's that's easy you can do. It's so funny. The people in the line are always like, that's all your, you know, because I just get lettuce and and uh, <laughs> tomatoes and, and guac and they're just like, what? <laughs> and sometimes I'll cheat and have some corn. That's a, that's a little cheat of mine, you know, because grain what? isn't technically, you know, in there. Oh, it's, it, I guess it's technically not a fruit or a vegetable. Yes, either. yes. So every once it's in a while, actually, like a few, few times a year, I'll have some sweet corn and it's, it tastes good. <laughs> is there any fruit you can't get that you would love to be able to have on hand? Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many, um, uh, there's this, um, one called Mame Sapote, and I, I tried getting some, I know, right? You've never heard of it. I had never heard of it either. Tastes like pumpkin pie. I mean, doesn't that sound good? Really? Yeah. yeah. And so I, um, I found some at an Asian market in St. Paul, and I, I was so excited. I bought six of them. I popped them open. Only one of them was half edible. The other ones weren't ripe. They were picked too early, so they were just gray on the inside. They're supposed to be bright, bright orange. They look like a cooked sweet potato. Wow. And so the one that I did get to taste a little bit of, I was like, oh my God, I could see the potential of this. Yes, that tastes just like sweet potato or pumpkin pie. Like, this is amazing. Wow. So I'd like to try a good one of those. That would be really great. And there's just so many fruits, exotic fruits I haven't tried yet that I've been curious about. So yeah, it's hard here in Minnesota. You know, we don't have as many. We got a lot of apples, you know, that's always good. A lot of apples. Yeah. Is it harder in the winter? That's a really good question. I had my first raw winter. I've only been doing this 14 months or yeah, 14 months now. So um, I, I got a dehydrator and that was a lifesaver here. Um, and the other cool thing is, so you can heat things up in the dehydrator to as long as it's under 118 degrees Fahrenheit, then it's considered raw. So um, you can get things pretty nice and warm in there. You just got to eat it right away. 
And then <laughs> the other thing is, um, if you have a high-speed blender, like a Vitamix or a Blendtec or something like that, you can turn stuff on high for, I don't know, three to five minutes and it gets hot. So if I'm making a soup or something like that, I can do that. I can have a warm broth. So yeah, there's little tips and tricks and you can always have hot tea and all that stuff if you're real cold. Yeah. Are there any uh, uh, vitamins or minerals that you don't get by being a, a strict fruitarian that you have to supplement somehow? That's a great question. That's very common, especially with people who are new. I was wondering about that too. And it's, it's amazing. Like it's a very simple approach to this, like um, fruits and vegetables and the, the philosophy that I have, it has everything we need. Um, when I started doing this and I wasn't even completely all fruitarian, I went and got some nutrition tests done. And the gal was like, what are you doing? You have the best scores I've ever seen. You must be taking a lot of stuff. And I said, no, I just eat a lot of fruit. And she was really, she was like, what? <laughs> so it's funny. Um, and even I have a, a friend of mine here in, in the cities who's also another raw fruitarian. Um, his name's TJ. And he actually will go and do blood work tests. Um, he's from Maryland. So he'll go down. I think he has a, a, a doctor in DC that he visits. Um, and he'll actually just do fruit for a couple months and he'll go do his blood tests. And, and he said it's common for his doctors to go over the blood tests with him with younger doctors that are learning and be like, just check out what this guy does and look how good his scores are. And so he likes to do that. I don't know if he does it every year, but I know he's mentioned it to me. So, so you can definitely reach all your you know, fill up all your levels that you need to hit just with fruits and vegetables. Yeah. How does it affect the rest of your body and not in terms of um, minerals and vitamins, but um, does it cause weight gain? Does it cause weight loss? Does it, um, does it affect your, uh, your blood pressure? Does it affect other things? How, what kind of effects does it have? Oh yes. Yes. Really great positive things. Um, it's very easy to lose weight on this um, lifestyle and you, you can eat unlimited calories. You know, you just, you can eat tons of dates. I mean, dates like medjool dates are 60 calories per piece. And I, I buy them by the 11 pound box. So I, I go through <laughs> them really fast and it's like, you just, you kind of just drink down. <laughs> um, a friend of mine who started doing this um, with me uh, here in the city is her name's Kristen. She, she lost, I think it was 50 pounds or 40 pounds or 50 pounds in 30 days. And she was like, wow. I've done Jenny Craig. I've done all this stuff. And this is the easiest thing. And I said, I know, right? I know. <laughs> so that's another thing. Mental clarity is a huge one. I noticed that right away. I being my own boss, I have a lot of stuff going on a lot. And um, when I started doing raw, it's just things became easier. Um, my stress level decreased. It's a lot easier for things to roll off your back when your body's getting alkaline. It's, it's a weird thing. People would tell me that. And I was like, I don't believe that, but now I get it. And increased digestion, better energy, better sleep. I mean, it's, it's um, improved eyesight. My eyesight's improved. And I'm, I'm working with herbs now to try to boost that even more. There's just so many things it does. It's, 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 so, it's so cool. I just love it. You're not a coffee drinker though, right? Because... I'm not, I'm not, it would blow me over the edge. I mean, it's, it's funny, the um, coffee, uh, it's, it's a stimulant, right? And then when you switch to fruit, you're getting all this, this energy in the form of carbohydrates in. So it's kind of like, it's, you're fulfilling that need without needing external stimulants. So a great tip for coffee drinkers who want to cut down on coffee would be to blend dates and water 
and it makes this like caramel and you can even add like carob powder to make it chocolatey or and it's 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 an energy hit like you feel it so i was doing that at the beginning when i was starting i'd start every day with dates and water yeah that's a good tip well do you have any parting wisdom or view or um advice to those people who are listening who are interested in maybe um finding out more about fruitarianism i mean we've we've discussed a whole lot but i'm sure there's more to know and more to learn before we sign oh out. yes yes oh definitely if you are interested in starting this best advice is to start with fruit only breakfast just start there and see how you feel that's that's always the the great initial step and and then also if you're curious about um, cellular detoxification, then um, my teacher is Dr. Robert Morse. He has a wonderful YouTube channel filled with information. He is retired now. He just teaches and offers free information. Um, there's so many people doing this. It's, it's really incredible. Or you can always reach out to me too. You know, um, I'm an open book when it comes to this stuff. I feel like if we all feel better on a physical level, we're all going to treat each other better in life and what amazing world will we have when that happens. So that's my whole mission about this. That sounds wonderful. Do you have any comments or thoughts about those people who criticize fruitarianism, who um, maybe see it as something that isn't based on data? I mean, there's lots of opinions out there about it, but there are, you know, some critics of this as well. Oh, absolutely. And I, I encourage everyone to do their own research and definitely experiment with this yourself if you're curious about it. I mean, you'll see. I mean, there's a difference in believing theories and, and actual knowing. And, um, you know, once I saw what it did for me and my, my pets, um, and not just fruitarianism, but the, the species appropriate diet and for, for humans, fruitarianism. I was sold. I was completely convinced. Like, all right, I get it. Um, so d don't knock it until you try it. Eva, thank you so much for spending your time with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So you're online at evalovisa.com as yes. well on Dribble and on Behance as Eva Lovisa. You've been listening to the 107 podcast. Find us online at 107.com slash podcast. And if you have a second, do send us a message. We love hearing from you. Our email address is podcast at 107.com. Until next time, this is Ivan Stegich. Thank you for listening. <laughs>